Hello and welcome to another episode on Spiritual Advice from a Barbarian Snob. I think that's the problem. <clears throat> you know, we're all real snobs. And I'm so used to having all these things at home. Right, all these comforts. <clears throat> that I'm increasingly uncertain right to not having things at home for instance right now I'm running out of weed and I got into the habit of, you know, drinking coffee, smoking weed. It's quite a problem, to be honest. <clears throat> because I don't really know people that sell this kind of stuff. And I've talked about it already. You know, this really feels like... What are you talking about, man? Well, I just don't want to make it easy for people <clears throat> to cause problems in my life. And what I mean with that is that I'm basically sick of being judged and then being pushed into a corner because people think, you know, I ought to be the one who, who screwed up. Well, most of the time it's actually them that weren't sure what they wanted. And that really pissed me off because I already knew what I wanted. And I don't want to live a life where I have to be afraid that the police is going to catch me and then cause trouble for me just because I'm smoking cannabis, right? And that's why this desire arose. That's too short. Fucking hell. To do something, because let's be honest, I mean, I'm not really a nice guy I mean you know I'm just like everybody else you know if I think you may benefit me in the future I might invest into you just you know by spending time with you and giving you certain information but when I meet people on the streets then you know or I meet people not you know I didn't want to say on the streets it just came out that way You know, you just meet people, right? Let's just leave it at that. And <clears throat> today I met someone and he seems to me like a fairly lazy person if you want to say it like this. You know, it's not like, you know, 
he's just chubby, right? He's got problems on his own. He doesn't really know what to do or what his place is. And the forefront of wisdom would be, well, figure it out, mate. You know, I mean, there's only so much I can tell you because, you know, I don't even know half of it. You know, I probably don't even know 5%, right? That's why I probably don't read smart books because then I feel stupid. And I'd rather feel really insanely smart like a genius because I figured it out for myself, right? But I did scratch together like several bits and pieces. Now I want a coffee. I think, why is that thing empty? Well, we'll get to that. I mean, we have the entire night, sweetheart. But the problem is also if I keep making bigger and bigger episodes, then I'm gonna run into trouble with my host. And maybe I've changed it already until now. Why am I saying I'm gonna run into trouble? I say I'm gonna run into trouble because I can only upload 150 megabyte episodes. Because apparently we're considering people that use data now like you can't download the fucking episode at home, right? I mean, if you use Spotify, you can just use Wi-Fi wherever you are and then just download the fucking episode. Why do you have to stream it live on data? And why are we considering people that are too stupid that download data, uh, that download with their data, I mean, I mean, sure, I get it. We shouldn't hammer the internet with too much information, but to set a restriction of 150 megabyte for a podcast service is just stupid. It just sounds like you want to save storage data, then just say that, you know. Anyway, so that kind of annoyed me. It kind of annoyed me, to be honest. And sometimes it's good that things annoy you. No, I like the service I was using before. I can't help it. Let's see how this episode is called and then I'm going to say something smart again. The forefront of wisdom, right? You know, maybe I should just stay quiet now. Because anything I'm going to say now is just going to show how stupid I really am. You know, look at him talking. Look at him going, right? It's like, whatever. Yeah, I've got the tip ready. I've got a decent amount of tobacco in there now. So I feel like I want to relax. Yeah. 
So the forefront of wisdom. Well, basically the forefront of wisdom should be a hell of a lot of experiences, right? Because, I mean, we can quote Alan Watts. We can quote Alan Watts for that. Because he said, or maybe he didn't say, yeah, he did say it, but I don't know if it comes from him. You know, if a fool that persists in his folly, you know, will or may become wise, right? It's hard to say whether that's like a definite thing or just a possibility. Because I think if you, f if you are a fool and you keep living the life of a fool, which means like basically not paying attention to anything, then I think I, you know, I can guarantee you that you will manage to live life without ever becoming wise. Because the only way that you can claim to be wise or have found wisdom is by paying attention what's going on, right? If you don't do that because you're too lazy or because you think that, you know, like the state, for instance, we're doing real good, and then you can pat yourself on the shoulder for that. Yeah, we sold a lot of vaccinations. Good job. Yeah, and now people are getting sick, which is an even better job because now we can send them to doctors. And the wheel of money keeps turning or something, right? Because that's all what it was for, right? It's like they had never an interest to heal us of whatever symptoms they attach to the word corona. And why can I say that? I can say that because if they truly wanted to heal us, you know, they would have taught us how to deal with fear. Instead, they basically told us to worship it. And I've met people along the way and I gave them a lot of credit for whoever they were or I thought they were. And then I realized, you know, while there were people who were resisting this urge, right, there were also people that were just sucking up to it for whatever reason. And I really thought at the time, right, like, you know, I could never have, I would never be with a woman that would accept to get vaccinated. And you may say, yeah, well, that's very discriminating. Then I say, well, all right right because i've been discriminated against for my choices and my opinion which was better informed and more truthful than most other people's opinion so yeah i think i can be a little pissed at a lot of people because nobody supported me with what i'm doing other than saying like you know whatever so sometimes they just want a piece of the cake right they see sometimes somebody's courageous. And then they want to know that person or want to be seen with that person. 
And that's all there is to it, right? It's just like, they're just shooting with empty bullets. Yeah. It's like somebody pretending to be gay. Because, you know, he thinks he can get some kind of benefit out of it. It's really stupid to be like this. And for whatever reason, I've met people that just pretended. To like Corona because they were just little kittens. But, you know, is that supposed to be my problem? No, I just got home. The first thing I'm doing is recording, which says something about my choice of work, which is really smart, like, you know, not just a little bit. And another choice, right, it's like, I have almost no money, but I feel like if I cannot smoke now, I'm never going to manage to finish this. And that's when we come back to HHC, because I just smoked my last weed which I got from someone, right, that I know it's like normal weed. I told the story, I think. So the forefront of wisdom is also kind of like, right, you make experiences and you know enough to understand what could help you, what could possibly help you to do something with your life or to do what you want to do with your life. Right? So I see this goal of having, you know, 2024 wrapped up for my podcast. And then I try to imagine sitting here without smoking and I find it like almost impossible. Almost. But when I smoke it feels bearable. So sitting is more bearable when I smoke. It's really weird. And I like feeling dizzy and that's the problem, I think. Because if I'm, you know, every time I stop smoking, I just get so incredibly clear and solid. And I feel like if I smoke, you know, I'm at least open to possibilities that I just rejected. Such as being with a woman that I love, you know, I keep coming back to that because every time I don't smoke or I don't give myself the things that I need, I feel like it's bullshit, you know. Then things come up in me such as, 
you know, when you spend time with her, don't be jealous. It's like, yeah, good job. And I can't even stand it to imagine that she's talking with other men and laughing with them. And I hope she just, like, stays away from men mostly. Because I also mostly, not always, stay away from women. You know, and my distance is like, you know, occasionally I may be able to touch a woman, but that's it, right? Not like, you know, I don't grab her butt or touch her breasts or make her moan or excite her in any way. I just have to check the suit. heavy food there was a gluten bread outside my neighbors rescue food from supermarkets and sometimes there's like gluten food and then I just say you know fuck it just eat it I ate with some cheese like tomato stuff tomato paste like rabiata kind of and then I put avo on top and coconut fat underneath it was a good choice for a meal and the other one I put like coconut fat and then mustard quite a bit of it and then I put like I don't want to say like no more because it's a stupid filler word What did I do then? Oh yeah, it's like vegan. It looks like slices of meat, right? Like sausage, sliced sausage, but it's actually vegan. So it's plant-based. Not exactly healthy, but I actually kind of like it. You know, what's healthy, if you like it, and if you know how to deal with it, I would say that's healthy. Which says something about smoking tobacco, of course. Sometimes I drink out of my kettle.
I'm just going to pause this for a second. It's like four hours later. I'm glad I can pause the microphone or the recording. It's roughly four o'clock now. I love it. It's still dark outside. But I have some lights turned on in my apartment. One is behind a door. The door that leads to my sleep working room. Where's my laptop in and... Yeah, so the door is like slightly ajar. It's to my left. And behind it I put a, a light bulb. Yeah, connected to a wire and stuff. And I love it because it gives me some indirect light. Because if the light is just coming from top, it's sometimes a little bit like without the like. I've done that before, I believe. Sometimes these things just creep in. Just like habits. And I was playing Wind Up Night. And I realized that later in the game, you can have an armor that allows you to roll through flames. And I still have the habit of doing so. And it's a bit annoying. Because when you do that without the armor, you're just going to die. And that makes you very frustrated. And I remember that as a child, sometimes I would get incredibly angry playing computer games. And I have a feeling I want to dive into that again. Without the need to feel ashamed at all. I feel like this is like a decent bit of something to do. That I can do when, you know, I'm trying to relax a little. Right? This is something I can do in between. But I also feel like instead of installing an emulator, I would rather have like an old TV, you know, like the way they used to look like, you know, these bulky things, but a small one. I would like to have a small TV and then I would like to have a PS1, maximum PS2. Let's say just a PS2 because I can play all the PS1 games on there. And then I would like to have a NES. Just a simple Super Nintendo. The only question is, you know, I think I'm going to love playing. You know, I don't have to like play super new games all the time. I like the games that I liked when I liked them. And there's a reason. Because I like jump and run. And why do I like jump and run? Because it always remains a challenge. I mean, 
sure, when you know how to play Crash Bandicoot 2, 100%, and 3 also, 3 is a bitch because... For obvious reasons, because you have these time trials, and they drive you insane, right? Like, it's not enough to... To complete the quest collecting all crates and diamonds and discovering secret passageways. Now they also have to bring time into the, and that's what I really dislike. It's a fair challenge, I get it, but it's really annoying, to be honest. And that's what I realized, the old games, they were kind of simple. And then they started adding more and more and more and new skills. And sure, man, I liked the bazooka. But standing still and aiming at things takes the run out of jump and run, if you know what I mean. And... I kind of liked having these tools, but they were also kind of a drag, if you right to say. I mean, you know, that's this kind of smoker slang that I seem to have developed. I'm making pancakes, just after chip. <clears throat> Now something came up, it was something about a snake. What's the snake? The forefront of wisdom. I love it when I know that it's dark outside and I'm awake and everybody's asleep. And I'm really considering because I ran out of wheat now. And it's just, for me, I don't know. Is it a bad habit? Kind of like smoking. It's one of the few things that simply keeps me going. Right, if I know I can smoke, you know, I actually have a smile on my face. You know, there are a few things that manage to do that. One of them is coffee. One of them is the prospect of sleeping with the woman that wants to be with me for the rest of my life. One is also having children around. One is smoking. But also do realize that you can't just smoke all the time. Because there's a cost involved. So what's the forefront of wisdom... I think what it really has to do is it's non-existent.
Let's talk about it a little. I've got 80 euros on my bank account. And I was trying to keep that money on my bank account. Because I'm really afraid that I will have to pay some website fees. And I will only have 80 euros on my bank account. At the same time, everybody's trying to get me to have a normal job, which I happen to believe is torture. And I'm simply refusing to do that. Because I feel like that's not my place. So you could say, in a sense, because, you know, I have not yet achieved what most people think is so valuable, which is earn like sufficient amounts of money to sustain yourself because everybody thinks that that's the most important thing in life. So you could say this is the forefront of wisdom. But the truth is, I mean, that's just one challenge. Or it's but one challenge. It sounds a bit more poetic. I mean, this thing with the money and taking another job. I mean, there are hundreds of other things that I'm tempted to do. Which brings in the snake, of course, because the snake is the, the temptress or the tempter. Which is why part of the snake certainly is porn. And sometimes I get the feeling as long as I watch porn, even if it's just images or GIFs, you know, I will never be with the woman that I love or claim to love or whatever. Or that I hope loves me, right? You can put it in so many different ways. And then I start to think, do you really think it works like this? That, you know, if you do this, you're going to punish, you're going to get punished with that. You know, if I watch porn a day, I'm going to get punished with being alone for the rest of my life. You know, and is this ongoing sexual drought a manifestation of my reluctancy to let go of porn? Or is it actually that I'm in a sexual drought and that's simply why I'm watching porn? Maybe I'm not creating the sexual drought, but there is sexual desire and I use pornography. And I found basically the reincarnation of Cleopatra. You know, I don't want to make advertisement for porn. It's not that great, but I love it. <laughs> Can't help it. You know, it's the first woman, basically, I felt like, you know, this woman just looks like, wow. I mean, but that's the problem with porn, of course. Such a woman gets used up because she never learned to soften and be a mother or something, which I don't actually know. She might be a mother and maybe she just likes porn. And there are 
people or beings that are able to maintain a relationship, even a marriage, while one of the partners does porn, or maybe even both of them. I have no idea how they can do that, because to me, any like severe violation of trust has consequences. And you could say that watching porn is a violation of trust, but it's either that or going to have sex. And I did have a girlfriend, the second one, and she was very, very aggressive towards me watching porn. She was just throwing like insane tantrums, like running around on the street, like, Wah! she didn't even know what she was moping about. I think she was just copying her mother. I don't have to be careful, so shut the fuck up and leave me alone. You know... Recently, I've been starting to say things and then there's a voice coming up that says, be careful now. Be careful about what, man? Is this my pride talking now? Am I stupid? Who cares? I mean, what is it? I mean, it means nothing if I judge someone on here. You know, I can talk bad about Elon Musk here, but what's my opinion worth? It's basically not worth a damn because, you know, I've never even been in the same room as that guy. So my opinion is based on observations, things I picked up on the internet. So yeah, Elon Musk thought that taking over Twitter would be a good move. And maybe he was making that decision from the forefront of wisdom. And now that he has taken it over, right, I heard him say something about, yeah, it's like less nice than he thought, just to sum it up. Right, so that's an insight. That means that, let's say you want to have a family, you have no idea how that's going to be like. So, until you've had the family and made your conclusions, you're still in the forefront of wisdom, right? So, I'm still in the forefront of wisdom in terms of, you know, earning my own money, maybe being famous, maybe pushing through my content, you know, having a real loving relationship and living together with a woman because I've never actually really lived together with a woman. I was always, one of us was always with one foot out of the door. And I get it, but I also don't. So now I've got 80 euros, yesterday I went to the cinema, 15 gone, now I'm 
thinking about going to the Asian shop to buy peanut butter and such things, which is real pleasure food, which is very luxurious, which I'm trying to avoid. And then I'm thinking about buying HHC again. And I think that's what I need simply to push through recording all these episodes for my podcast. And I think it's it's a valuable investment. But that means I'm going to be 20 euro short again, which means that from the 65 that I have left, I'm going to be at 45. Which means that if there's like unexpected costs, I'm less likely to be able to pay it. But until now it has worked out always, but only because there are people that support me. But now they pay my apartment and give me 120 euro pocket money. So it feels like unlikely. But on the other hand, you know, in a way I've been given that money. So why not put it to use? I wanted to save it up for Chape. But Chape won't help me to make podcasts, I believe. Or maybe it would. But I think it's too strong for this. Because Rappé knocks you out flat, man. So I have no idea what the forefront of wisdom is supposed to be, man. You know, what's the stage of life? I mean, there's always some kind of wisdom found somewhere. And you never know what's coming your way. I'm just seeing that this wooden board or plate that I use as an ashtray is full of ash. And I'm wondering if that's really the way to continue going. I'm just saying, right? You know, what's the meaning of me having drawn myself as a bird with a joint in his hand at the age of 16 without ever having really smoked. But I smoked once and I was high and I hugged a tree and I liked it. So what's there to say other than smoking gets me to a place where you know, I could get there like this but at the moment I also feel like, I don't know, maybe I just make excuses so that I can smoke. Yesterday I went to see Ariel. <clears throat> and I'm not sure what that taught me. Other than...
So what did watching Ariel teach me? That as much as I like watching movies, I also find it a little tedious. And some people use smoking to relax. I also use it to relax, but I also use it in a creative way. And right now I'm preparing myself to make art again. Which is why I eat a pancake now. And I've been inspired by my feeling to drink another coffee soon to help me push this out right. Fully aware that I already used up most of my data for basically porn. Which means that I will be unable to post images from here. Which means that I have to go to my parents' place to use their Wi-Fi and upload it. But other than my feeling that someday there's going to come money out of this. And the feeling that I simply like doing it and that I'm supposed to be doing this and that this is my purpose. I have no guarantee. This is, it's gonna work, right? It feels good, it feels right. But other than that, I, I have no idea. I can only tell you what I know at the moment, which is basically, again, my feeling. And so the forefront of wisdom is basically more like an ongoing process so saying a fool has to persist in his folly to become wise some people say what I'm doing is a folly and then they say they believe in me And then I keep going. And then I'm alone in my room again. And I have to tell it to myself. And I know it's important to stop clinging to money 
But when you look at the numbers, you would say, like, <clears throat> it's futile what you're doing. Right? It's like, makes no sense. It's a wasted effort. But it's like, right, that guy that opened the CBD shop, now he's selling HHC, which was basically the, the new level of, let's legalize it. And maybe they're gonna ban it. But why? And why can they allow HHC, right? Why can they allow HHC, but not just normal cannabis? It's so stupid. And what I feel is that HHC more or less does what cannabis does. But that goes to say, depending on your supplier. So yeah, so last time I was talking about <clears throat> complicating what is. It was a bit shorter episode. I think these are also necessary. Because I don't think it is my job to simply give you everything there is all the time. And that's why I'm doubting whether to continue with releasing daily videos on YouTube that are like one hour long. So for September, I'm looking for something else. Because I feel like, you know, if I just look at it from a perspective of, at some stage, I probably want to write books again, or make music. And while I know I can do it all at the same time, the question is, should I do it like this? So the forefront of wisdom certainly holds a lot of doubt. And I would say that when you've made enough experiences to evaluate whether a choice is a good one or a feeling is like something to follow and manifest, you know, that comes with experience. And that's what it means a fool has to persist in his folly in order to become wise. Because people say I'm a fool. 
or they give me the feeling or I have the feeling I'm a fool. And when I keep going, I will figure it out. And if, you know, if I keep going with YouTube, I have the feeling that it's without a doubt that something is going to come out of it at least. But are daily videos required for that? Well, who can say? And I feel like doing 10 videos for September should be sufficient. Even videos where I'm like barely talking. You know, I could do videos of a different nature. I could do videos where I play other people again to just let them say it for me and simply record the art that I'm doing. And I think that's going to be what September is going to be like. Art recordings. And then I want to use audiobooks or something. <clears throat> and that's of course also an interesting place to be in because you know some people they say well wait until you make money with YouTube and then they're gonna start becoming interested in what you used for your content and then they're gonna make copyright claims but I also feel like it's alright to me because <laughs> I've created a lot of videos and few of them have material from other people in them. So yeah, what's folly, what's wisdom? I think that's something that everybody has to extract for themselves from the matrix of truth or lies because it's all webbed into each other anyway and a lie may be truth and truth may be a lie you know from a certain perspective right if I look at what I thought to be true before and then when I look at what experience has taught me and that sometimes I thought something was true and then I realized well now it looks more like a lie until you see the truth again and then it's like sturdy okay this was another couple of hours I have to say it's like I want to stop saying that. So what have I been doing? I'm still not any further in terms of cleaning my apartment. I'm still not any further in 
figuring out whether or not to go and purchase something like HHC. Because I see it's unlikely that somebody will come and give me cannabis at the moment. So, I slept a bit. I looked at porn images like GIFs because I only have 100 megabyte of data left and I felt like maybe I should post another art image or maybe I should just post poem posting these things and pile them up until I have data again. It's like 13 days or something, right? So shouldn't be too bad. So I just keep going back to bed and then I get bored and I think of what to do and then I record something. And then I suffocate in the amount of choice that is being presented to me. And I'm considering whether or not to buy this kind of HHC stuff. And to be honest, I'm actually quite happy the way things are without having something to smoke. Because usually when I'm not smoking... I can clean my apartment, right? Because when I'm busy smoking, it's very hard to focus on cleaning because you're so focused on being stoned and high and you know that's always your go-to excuse. Oh yeah, I just smoked, so I can't clean now. But the problem is It doesn't really work anymore, not like it used to. So I smoke, I feel a little bit and then that's it. So sometimes it's better to really just take a break from it. Because otherwise smoking becomes very desperate. And usually it starts with, you know, let's just smoke. You know, I'll just buy a gram and then I'll just smoke a bit. And then you end up you know, hoping for people to contact you to give you something or, you know, going to the park and, you know, annoying people that have weed and then you think like, you know, you could give me something. Then you think, what have I become? Like, instead of smoking all the time and spending time with men, I could also work towards spending time with a woman, but then There is none, and so I look at porn images. Do I feel ashamed? I think it's something that keeps me going. And I've had sex... Whether or not I masturbated or not before. Of course, that could be different if you think about having, like, a spiritual wife... But I don't want to give too much credit to people I barely know. You know, like women I may meet in the future. 
may be entirely ignorant of anything going on spiritually and they may claim that they know but then they don't and I would figure it out of course because I've met women that read a lot of books and then they went to ayahuasca ceremonies and they had no idea what to do there you know they read all these books and then they were in the ceremony and they were just lying around they had no wish to to engage and learn and you know they thought they knew it all already so all they had to do was just lie there you know and let creation take place you know that's the kind of women I would go and like motivate to do something and I meet a lot of people and I met a lot of people that went to go to do you know ayahuasca and I was there with them and while they were just lying around all the time just sitting at the fire you know waiting for somebody to come and help them or something or say a prayer to them can you pray for me no man I cannot fucking pray for you you can pray for yourself you know that's just what I feel you know if you say it to me with that angry tone that you used I'm simply not gonna do it I'm just gonna say pray for yourself because what's gonna happen when you come back home you know you know you're gonna crave me praying for you I don't want to pray for you I don't want to because I'm praying for myself and what I feel like I'm here to do I may correct my perspective on you but sometimes I also have a feeling about someone which is I think you're an asshole and then it turns out to be true and sure maybe I've been an asshole but never like that and so there's no excuse to be the way you are and complain about it if you know what I mean so if you are the way that you are then accept it and now I'm once again opening up to the possibility <clears throat> because I feel like something's missing and it might be some kind of woman and it might be cannabis but I also feel like I need a mission to leave the house. Plus, if I invest today 10 euros in HHC, you know, I may end the cycle with the way it started. Right, maybe just this one last time, yeah? And then you can always say, you know, why stop now? I mean, what's the point? You know, from my perspective, nothing's happening. You know, I just had a dream. And in this dream, I met my parents. And there was this open topic in the room of me getting a job. Because when I go to my parents, he like, 
my father always suggests to me some kind of job that I could do. And he's unable to see that, you know, he's like flipping me the finger. And maybe he does that because I'm flipping him the finger. Because I'm saying, you know, fuck you. You know, you want a son? Pay for it. Because all you value is money, my friend. Now you got to pay for the right to spend time with your son. Because you have no way of appreciating time with your son. Who may have left earlier because he had thoughts of suicide. Which may or may not have been part of the playful act. And so what am I supposed to do, right? It's like, I see you. You're a greedy, I'm just going to say it, you're a greedy asshole. All you care about is money and you think that having money makes you better. And then when I come to your place and you are in a place of need and I give you something, you have the cheek to tell me to get another job. Because the way I see it, you're more dependent on me than I am on you. Because when I'm gone for one week, sure, you pay my apartment, but you're the one sending me messages so that I contact you. So sometimes it's important to remember how much you mean to other people. And then asking yourself how much other people mean to you. And in the end, it's probably this kind of, you know, we both need each other. But at the same time, it's also You know, some people are just really disrespectful and they're disrespectful to themselves. And then you can understand why they disrespect you because they're trying to whitewash. You know, they're just trying to be the way they are to themselves, to other people so that they can feel better about having treated themselves like shit because they think they get a rush of exerting power over others. And so I can go to someone and I can listen to this crap of here, we've got a job for you. While, you know, I'm not saying, you know, my family isn't like super rich or something, but there's enough money. I mean, there's enough money that my father knows that when he's leaving or when he will die, that his children are going to be provided with a certain amount of financial aid, recompensation or, you know, I leave this. So when I know that, why should I, you know, when he's planning to give me the money anyway? Because I said to him, take me out of your will. I wrote a note and I gave it to him and I said, I want you to take me out of your will. I renounce all money that you would leave me. And then he said he refuses that. Well, that means part of his money is already mine. And maybe all of it is. Who knows? So I'm just taking it for granted that people give me money, if you know what I mean. 
Because why should I wait? You know, it's so stupid. You have a son, and that son wants to build himself a life by being creative and being an artist. And then you come out as a father, you know, you give him just enough. So he remains to be dependent. You know, you pay him an apartment and you give him 120 euros. Yeah, that's not enough to, like, buy food and internet. Which means I have to keep going back to my parents. Which is apparently part of the game. Which is why I keep working hard. Which is why I use the money to boost my creativity, which I can apparently do through the ingestion or inhalation of certain psychedelic agents. Such as cannabis or whatever HHC is. And then I work with these things. But these things also run out, if you know what I mean. Plus, I have no idea what kind of fees are coming my way, because my bank also costs money. Maybe what I really should do is disable my ability to overcharge my bank account. Because they're making money with my inability. But sometimes it's useful, right? And then my parents say things like, yeah, well, but we won't pay you this money forever. Oh yeah, you won't? What are you gonna do now? You put me into this apartment. You said we have an apartment for you. You said that because of what happened between us. Which already I already talked about, I think. So, you were the one that came and said, you need an apartment now. And I was the one that said, okay. And now you want to say, we're not going to pay this forever? Like, did you think about what you just did? I mean, the alternative would be that I'm going to live on the streets. And now you have to ask yourself if you can stand it. Because you already have one son, you know, that does a really good job. You know, I'm just saying that because I'm feeling it. You know, he's like the worldly son. You know, who drinks his beer, who has a job, you know, this kind of 8 or 9 to 5 or 8 to 6. I think 9 to 5 is no longer existent. It's now 8 to 6 or 8 to 7. You know, he has a wife, he has a child. You know, he took up a credit to buy the house. You know, he has a car also on credit. And I have no debt. What I have is maybe an emotional debt. But I settle my scores. Only you can't get money back from me. And so... Right, it's like... 
I told them, call the police. Do it. Basically. But who cares? Because when you do that, then you know that you screwed up. Because I'm supposed to be family as well. And I was like working hard to try and get these people, you know, to even play games with me occasionally. But they never had time. They never had time for me. And so I said, fuck you all. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And then we'll see what's going to happen. So I stopped talking to them. I stopped like sometimes even looking at them and then they started shitting their pants. What's wrong? Yeah. Why won't you talk to me? Oh yeah? This is who you are? You were pretending to be someone else just a minute ago. You know, I was like doing my nicey-nicey and you were like, you know, swatting at my hand, you know, pushing it aside. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then after you push me out into an apartment, because you can't stand it any longer. You know, I'm grateful for the apartment. That's not what I'm saying. But it's still the way it happened, right? You know, they wanted to get rid of me. I made a standing or a sitting and then a lying and then I left because they offered me this. Because people these days are so greedy for their own money and knowing that they have the money that they never invested into shit other than buying power plugs with like that are cubes and shit and then you never see them again they use them for three weeks and then they realize well that wasn't it well then I rather force them in a way through their own stupidity I'm gonna leave it at that because I want to be a little bit condescending right now then I'm gonna force them simply by saying no to all their suggestions and expectations to pay me the damn apartment because now they started they're unable to stop I'm telling you that's how it is they are unable to stop paying the apartment and they will be unable to stop giving me money because they're the ones that brought me into this position they could have given me money, but I wouldn't have known what to do with it. That's the truth. So in a way, probably it's better sometimes, but I know what to do with money. If I would have money, which in a way I have, I know what to do with it. But other people just sit around on their money and I invested into things that help me to do things. Now apparently I'm going to go drink a coffee and then I'm going to go make some art and then I'm going to go buy some HHC and because I've said it, you know, I'm quite likely that I'm going to do it. And that's what I said to myself is I'm never going to work for anybody else but myself again 
or God or whatever my feeling is. And I think that's liberation then. But the fear stays, right? That's mine to work with. So, you know, every month I think, you know, soon I will get the money. And I know it's not very helpful to be like very clingy with money. But in general, the way I see it is, you know, I'm going to get the money at some point, whatever that means, you know, I'm just going to have an income from this work that I'm doing. But until now, there's just nothing. And I just would like to remind you how long I've been doing this, because I've started with the podcast in 2021, I believe. And I also published my first book in October 2021. And I haven't earned more than maybe, let's say, 200 euros, maybe make it 300, that's it. And that's over a period of now than two years. But emotionally and spiritually, I've earned a lot. So, does it really matter how much I'm earning right now? Because maybe I'm earning enough to... Because I consider what my parents are doing basically a donation. And that's then the idea from the Bhagavad Gita, where Ramdas talks about... You know, if you devote your life to the Gita... The Gita will take care of everything else. But the funny thing is, in that story that he tells about the man that goes to the forest and he, you know, reads the Gita and he devotes his life to the Bhagavad Gita. And then he says, you know, why do I still have to worry about All these things like food and money, right? Because it says in the Gita, if you devote yourself to the Gita, then everything's going to be taken care of. And then he says that, and while he is still in the forest, a man comes to his house, and his wife opens, and he gives her, you know, bags of rice and stuff. And he has a wound in his chest and then she asks what happened to you and he says you know I'm just relating to you what somebody else said right I haven't actually read any of that because I have no interest in reading the Bhagavad Gita because I think it kind of explains itself without having the need to read it but maybe that's for later who's to say and then he says I received this wound from a man that is studying the Gita out in the woods. And the way it's been explained is that because he doubts, he injures basically Krishna, which apparently is a representative of the Bhagavad Gita, 
or maybe it was the spirit of the Gita or whatever. But the truth is, if you listen to the story, if that man, man wouldn't have complained, he wouldn't have gotten shit. Like, if he wouldn't have said, like, what the fuck, man? I mean, it says in this book that if I devote my life to the teachings of this book, I'm, you know, everything's going to be taken care of and I have to worry about nothing in the world anymore. So if he wouldn't have complained, so screw the wound in the chest of whoever that guy was, because, you know, I didn't do it. I just said, you know, I'm doubting what it says here because it doesn't show in the real world. And I think the truth about the Gita is that you have to live your life, man. You've got a wife. You've got children. What are you doing sitting around in the forest all day? Well, you could be here doing worldly work. So... It comes at the cost to another being, right? You're like basically slouching off, you're feeding your spirit and for that others have to provide you with food because people still have to, you know, harvest the food and create the food. Let's just suggest, you know, that it is like this. And then what happens is you know, you realize that there is a benefit if you have holy people that are spiritually enlightened in the society, in the community, because they keep the energy up. You know, my purpose is to channel energy and to hold the energy up and to be connected with spirit. And for that, I have to do certain things. And because I'm doing this kind of work, this kind of emotional work, that I also go to people. And one reason I think that I go and purchase HHC is because I know the guy. And there's a kind of a connection, right? Oh, he's still coming. Nice. Because when I go in there, it's very different from when, you know, the crooks from the street go in there. Or like really addicted people. Because I'm at least doing something with that. And so. You know maybe that's what you call liberation then. You know I keep saying that. It makes no sense. But generally. When you know that. There are certain things that you can do to alleviate the suffering from others because you've been given certain insights. Then why would you not do it? But to me, I say there's a certain limit to what I can accept. And I have the ability to say no when I want to say no. And I don't think any woman has power over me more than I want to give to her. And that's just my standpoint. 
that if a woman thinks she can manipulate me into running after her, then I'm just going to stay where, where I stay where I am and watch porn, right? Then I'm just going to masturbate, which is to me taking care of myself, while her idea of taking care of herself was, you know, I need other men for that. Yeah, okay. If you cuddle once with a guy, I will never touch you again. That's the way I am. Because to me, cuddling and kissing is the same as sex. You know, if you stroke another guy longingly or let him stroke you longingly, while you actually want to be with me, I will never touch you again. That's how strong my resolve is. To never be with a woman that is dishonest about the way she feels about me. And if I'm not the only one that she would want to spend her the rest of her life with. No matter what that means. Then I know that this isn't true love. Then it's just bullshit. And that's what I feel it is actually. It's bullshit. It's a lot of bogus. It's a lie. And all I can do then to work with this is simply say, good luck and fuck you, right? Because it kind of comes together hand in hand, walking each other home into the whatever. But that's what I feel. And I also feel like I just need to keep changing my perspective at the moment. Because I start getting very angry. If I don't smoke, I'm like very angry. And maybe I should just keep that. Because if I'm angry, I'm going to make music. But maybe I don't want to make music at the moment. Which is what I feel I want to, you know, finish my podcast and this was the forefront of wisdom, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I sit here and I talk about stuff, but I actually have no idea what's going on. So maybe this woman that I'm talking about is like incredibly in love with me and she's like devoting her whole life to be with me someday. But I can't say that. Because everything I feel, you know, you know, it's strange, but... Sometimes I then start watching, oh yeah, what I said to them in the dream is none of your business. But I said something to them and it had a meaning. For myself, which was basically making a standing, you know, I cannot, you know, I'm a chatterbox. And I also don't really care, right? I mean, if me saying something on here has a consequence for my life, you know, then I really don't want to give a shit anymore. Because if I have to care about what I say all the time, sorry, but, you know, that's part of fear, right? So the point is...
if you want to change yourself or chase your dream, you just have to see what's available and then start working with it. And it may look like it's not working because you think, well, I thought I would have money and pay my own apartment and now my parents are paying it. But who says then it isn't working? Maybe that's the way it's working. It's a weird thing, right? And it annoys me to a great extent that my data is gone again. And maybe I should ask for internet, but I just don't want to. Because I think, right, people sit around and they have all these things and all this money and, you know, they just keep buying things with it that they actually don't need. And they could have invested it into something else. They could have invested into something in the community. So in a way, I'm just forcing people to do their spiritual work by making them realize that there's no other way of doing this. Because I'm reluctant to give in, if you know what I mean. And now I'm going to think about what to do Yeah, I sit around here, I chew my nails, I bite them, and that's it now. I've said enough. I have no idea what the forefront of wisdom is, but I've said it already, so I actually know. I'm just reluctant to repeat myself, which is good, because I've already said it. Right, it's like, you'll never know anything anyway. Truly, because every time you know, it's like you're just one experience away from proving to yourself that you had no idea to begin with. And that, right, if you pride yourself to know, then that's just pride, isn't it? So the forefront of wisdom is basically my whole existence. Because in that sense, I'll never be wise. I make my experiences, I learn. There may be wisdom in that, sure. And maybe the forefront of wisdom is fear. But all I can say is that I still kind of hate my life. Because it's such a stupid existence to just sit around and produce content for people because I think that's my spiritual job or something. You know, I would like to do something else. Trust me. But I know I would hate that even more. If I would go and work for other people, 
I would hate it. I would fucking hate it. And I would manage maybe three weeks. And that's all I can take from this shit that people brew together in their own minds. And so I'd rather just keep doing what I'm doing. I may feel like a bit mediocre. But I can just keep saying like. And then I'll feel like super cool or something. Or I'm part of a group of of people that thinks it's meaningful to say like all the time. And I just have this in my head like all the time. It's just like blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. And that's basically a very, very accurate summary to what is going on on any perceivable level. I mean, it's true. I'm so annoyed of the way things are going. But what can I do about it? I mean, what can I do about it? Right? I mean, just think about it. Now I'm rolling the other way around, like with left. You know, not like inside out or however they call this way of rolling. This is just a cigarette, by the way. Which is stupid. But I feel reluctant to stop this episode yet. Because now I know that I have no data left. I kind of feel like, who cares, right? I mean, if I have no data, I have no data. And then I may as well simply continue to report things. Plus, I asked my neighbor if she wants to share internet and she refused. You know, that's the kind of society we live in. People are extremely selfish. Yeah. They want you to keep your door open, but they're unwilling to share internet. Like, people are insanely greedy. And I also agree, if I would have internet, I'd be simply watching porn all the time. And I'd be watching movies. And I'd be doing all these kinds of things. 
Well, I could be creating content, but the truth is actually not true. Because I've always used methods like eating. I've always used these methods to push through to the next level, right? Like, I've always done that. Now I would like to give you some... something
Yo, that's that. Perfect. Just smoked a cigarette at the window. And... I feel like what I should be doing is drink coffee, make that art. <clears throat> and when I really think that a lot of people smoke and they're constantly coughing and I'm wondering like, what are you smoking, man? Because they're smoking too much. Plus I mix it with sage and mint and I still put tobacco in it, but I'm not coughing. <coughs> and I think the coughing comes from something else, because I also do work out and I run. And I think I want to call a friend and ask him if he wants to play frisbee later. I'm just gonna do it. Anyway, I think that's enough. I like this podcast because I can do what I want. While on YouTube, I'm always kind of restricted. What I want to say is, please don't screw me over if you hear me playing music on here. I just feel like I owe it to myself to remind people that it's also a privilege that other people are sharing what they have inside of themselves and I think the first thing I want to do is shower but I simply am getting clear messages that I should clean and that if you keep smoking you're kind of hanging loosely in the air and so what's there to do other than take responsibility and just push through and maybe smoking helps me to connect with whoever I think I love or I feel I love and maybe I owe it to myself to have ways to get back to that place. Who's to say, right? It's difficult at times, but, right, a fool that persists in his folly may become wise. <laughs>